Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. I'm joined by Greg Barnes. You're listening to the Inside Carolina podcast, sponsored by JohnnyTShirt.com, the place in Chapel Hill to get all your Carolina gear. Greg, hadn't done one of these uh, in a right good while going to talk a little baseball, Carolina baseball. Carolina, of course, goes 4-0 in the ACC tournament, wins two nail biters um, in the first couple rounds in the semis, blows out Boston College in the finals, blows out Georgia Tech. Greg, you're talking about um, sort of a a tale of the season, really. The last week, uh, week to nine days for North Carolina baseball has just been all over the map for the Heels. Yeah, and I think it's a pretty good encapsulation of kind of how this season has been. Uh, they've looked really good at times, uh, and then they've looked uh, not not good at times. I mean, you go back to uh, kind of look how the, the Clemson series played out back in March. Uh, a couple games they probably should have won. Uh, I think they probably should have won. And then you get a, kind of an embarrassing game there in the middle, and then uh, some some highlights uh, the rest of the way, but then you also had some some shaky performances. You know, talking about down in Atlanta, you know, a couple of bad losses paired with a good win, um, and we kind of saw that a little bit. Um, I mean, obviously we saw it against NC State. You get you know a good first game. Aaron Sabato hits for the cycle. Uh, he really carries the team to victory, and you're thinking, wow, if they can win this series, they're in really good shape to host. And then they just get embarrassed, eleven to two and eleven zero. And you, when that happens against your rival, that does not inspire you, especially when you're you're coming off a your know, trip up to Pittsburgh, where I think a lot of people thought going into that series, you know, North Carolina is in position to win the coastal. Pittsburgh's you know, one of the worst teams in the league, so you go up there and at a minimum you win that series, possibly sweep it, and then you have State coming in with a chance for you to you know, probably grab the number two seed in the ACC tournament and, and and maybe at least contend for a national seed. Of course, that does not happen. North Carolina loses their final two series of the regular season. And so you arrive in Durham really not knowing what to expect. Uh, and you know, the Virginia game was, was a little sloppy. Uh, I mean, the way that game ends, I hate to see any baseball game end that way. I mean, you're talking about three walks and hit by a pitch. That, that's how North Carolina wins that game. You take it however you can get it, but that's just a bad way for a baseball game to end. Miami jumps on North Carolina early. Uh, they, knock, they knock Bergner out of the game. You're thinking, uh-oh, here we go. This is, this is going to be bad. And they just stayed with it. And then they fought back and won, and they caught a break with, with Louisville getting knocked out uh, by BC and uh, you know, North Carolina – was way too much for BC. That's kind of a, an overmatched Eagles team on Saturday. And then Georgia Tech, who's been playing as well as anybody in the league and one of the top teams in the country, uh, they, they really smacked NC State around on Saturdays. So you're thinking that's going to be a shootout. You know, the first to 10 probably wins. And while it ended up being the case, I mean, it was just a thorough dismantling. Um, so we knew North Carolina would be able to hit. But the way that the bullpen really stepped up on a staff day really inspires confidence for you know, what this team has. So you know, the team that played in Durham, that team can make a push 
uh, deep into June. The team that that played against Pitt and played against, played against NC State in those final two series, they may not make it out of this weekend. So uh, you you would think the ACC tournament Tar Heels would be the one you want to hang your hat on, uh, but that's that's the challenge that Mike Fox has is you're trying to really rally the guys to play like they did last weekend and move past some of the, the sketchy play that we've seen at times this year. Fox said this week, talking about, you know, the last couple of weeks, you can't let the highs be too high, the lows be too low. And he's exactly right in everything. But for North Carolina team, and, and I mentioned this to you off the air, I was in Chapel Hill, I believe on May 18th, that last game against NC State. And Carolina just looked like, uh, a Carolina team I'd never seen before. They, they did not play well in the field. They, you know, I'm used to seeing NC State come out hot, but Carolina has usually met that, and they just did not do that on that Saturday. I, I don't know, um, you know, what the mindset was there. They they probably lose three in that series if Sabato doesn't go nuts um, and hit for the cycle in that first game. But Greg, talk a little bit more. I mean, these players have been through it. They've Michael guys like Michael Bush have been around for seemingly ever, um, but to get whipped and then to go and play in that Virginia game, and we kind of laugh about it, but it really was a little league baseball game, and um, for that to happen, and then maybe that was a spark. Carolina comes back. You mentioned the five zero deficit against Miami. That is the game um, that I saw a lot from this North Carolina team that I hadn't really seen all year. Um, didn't see it against NC State at all, um, where they looked dead in the water early, and, and they really uh, put it together. And then, like you mentioned, the bats just got on fire against BC and Georgia Tech. And if Carolina's going to hit like that, they're tough to beat. But speak to that from the player's perspective. They don't – you know, the season ends in two games, two or three games, you know, this weekend – if they're not on their game, but I feel like they figured it out maybe in Durham. Yeah. And I think I kept asking the guys about experience because when you look at this roster, you know, everybody's kind of drawn to the fact that you know, Aaron Sabato is ACC freshman of the year. Clearly you know, he, he's a great player and he's going to be a great player for the Tar Heels in the future. And other guys, you know, Danny Serretti has been a, a key piece for them uh, in the starting lineup. Caleb Roberts is a good guy that comes in as a pinch hitter. He's had some really good at bats. We we all saw what Austin Love was able to do, you know, after after Bergner gets knocked out against Miami, um, and so you, you see a lot of these things kind of transpire and take place, um, and you have to kind of wonder, you, with that that kind of youth, you know, is is there an issue? But then you say, okay, well they've got more than a dozen guys that are upperclassmen that have have been through the ringer. They've played a lot of ball. I mean, we're talking Tyler Baum, Michael Bush, uh, uh, you know, who else we got? Hanson Butler, uh, B-Mart, McGee. I mean, all these guys have played just a ton of ball. Um, Bergner has too. So I, I think that's really what we saw is you know, one of the neat things, kind of the stories that come out of the weekend is after that NC State series, Hanson Butler, who's a, who's a fifth-year guy, sends a text out saying, you know what, don't forget this. Don't forget what happened um, because we can't just kind of brush this to the side. We can't play like this. But you, we have the ability to kind of change who we are moving forward and make sure we get back on the right path. And that's one of the things the guys talked about after that Virginia game is, you know, this is a brand new season. This is the postseason. 
this is where we've shined before. You know, these guys remember what happened last year. It's not easy to get to Omaha, but they were able to do it, and they were able to have some success out there. And so I think when you, especially when you have a guy like Michael Bush, who's just a phenomenal player, um, but you have so many guys that they're not rattled in these types of situations. And I think for a lot of guys that have, have been to Omaha and that have played a lot of college ball, not that you go through the motions during the regular season because that's that's not fair and that's not true, but when you get to the postseason and you've been there before, it's like, oh, okay, now it's go time. Now it's time for us to really buckle down because where this team's really struggled this year is fielding, which is still an issue. We saw some problems in Durham, uh, but some pitching. And the relievers were, were dynamite. And then when you add in the ability of you know, Michael Bush kind of getting over his late season slump there, that he's hitting great along with Sabato. And then you got Ike Freeman, who had really been struggling the second half of the year. All of a sudden, he explodes in Durham. So now you're starting to get these bats working. And you have a guy like you know, Joey Lancelotti who can come in and just be incredible. Um, and you got you know, Hanson's a guy that has come in and has, has pitched very well. And so you got some key pieces there all of a sudden are starting to perform well. And that's really all you need because the interesting thing about the NCAA tournament, Tommy, is there are three very unique weekends. And you can obviously extend the College World Series out to more than a weekend, but three different types of formats. And I think all coaches, once you get past that regional round, you can kind of take a deep breath and just kind of, Relax, because Super Regional is your typical weekend series. It's what you've done all year long. And so you can be comfortable there. But when you're talking about regional play, I mean, there's the potential that you're going to have to play uh, your five games. And so now you're really having to piece together lineups. You're having to piece together your bullpen, most importantly. And so this is the week that's really challenging. And so I think the fact that North Carolina had to win uh, four games to have success in Durham, I think that stressed their bullpen. And Mike Fox got to see what those guys were made of, which was obviously very, uh, very impressive. And that, that's got to bode well heading into this, this regional this weekend. Indeed. I won't talk about more about this weekend, but I first won't talk about johnnytshirt.com. Of course, they're their sponsor of this podcast, and they're great friends to Inside Carolina, great friends to Carolina fans everywhere. Of course, online, johnnytshirt.com. You can go there. You can get all the same great gear you can get on, uh, you know, in person at the store on Franklin Street. Locally owned, alumni operated, 35 plus years. It's all Carolina. And we've talked about this before on this podcast. If you walk in there and you need something Carolina related, doesn't matter what it is, you can find it at Johnny T shirt and at Johnny T shirt.com. Customer service, great. Store on Grame Days and Inside Carolina subscribers get 10% off their order. So remember, johnnytshirt.com for all your gear. They even got ACC championship baseball gear. They had it within minutes of Carolina sealing that victory against Georgia Tech. So visit them online and on Franklin Street, johnnytshirt.com, the place to go for your Carolina stuff. Greg, before I talk about the NCAA tournament, I want to get my bone picked on this ACC tournament. Um, and I, I tweeted out about it, and you know I know you covered it, so you saw it all in person. I just cannot, for the life of me, understand the format of the ACC tournament. So tell me if I'm wrong. I'd rather see um, a full complement of ACC teams play a single elimination tournament. Why not? 
why is what they're doing with the ACC tournament? And I know it's water under the bridge at this point, but why do we have to go through meaningless games during the week to get to the all-important semifinals? Well, there are, I think there's a couple different elements in play with this, Tommy. Uh, Number one, baseball is such a unique sport. It's not like football. It's not like basketball where the best team's not going to win the majority of the time necessarily. Uh, A lot of it's dependent upon pitching. And some teams have really good pitchers. Um, I think you know, North Carolina ran into that with, with Pittsburgh uh, up up there during that, that regular season series where they, they ran into one of the, the hottest arms in, in the league late in the year, and they lost. Now, other than, other than him, Pittsburgh's not a very good baseball team. But if you have one guy, uh, you, can, you can be beneficial, especially on the mound. And so that, that creates an element of, okay, do you really want to go and, and incur the travel costs just to play one game and you're not exactly sure how that's going to go. And that's not necessarily the best way to prove who the best team is. And so there's, there's a lot of issues with that to begin with. Then on the other side of the spectrum is like, yeah, I know the sec, I think shifted things recently, uh, but years ago they used to have a double elimination format, which I think is great. The problem is, is that when you go hardcore double elimination, you are talking about a lot of ball games in a period of a week. And that kind of gets like regionals where I think you had to win five games maybe to, to win the SEC championship. Well, at that point, you're really taxing your bullpen and leading up to the NCAA tournament. Do you really want to do that? And I can, t- I can tell you, all the coaches, none of them want to do that. Right? You, you want to be able to to have a chance to win your conference championship without putting your team in harm's way for the NCAA tournament coming up. And so what we've seen in the ACC tournament the last two years and then before that, the prior format, is trying to get the best mix of those two. Um, And I agree with you. I think it's silly that, uh, you know, NC State, for example, uh, kind of way things played out for them, the Florida State game on Friday, uh, didn't mean anything in terms of you know who advanced to the semifinal round. You know, Carolina had that situation happen last year. I think they played, uh, they lost their first game and then played Pittsburgh on Friday. And they knew they weren't going to be able to advance. And at that time, they were able to throw in you know, Luca Delatri, who was just c- coming back from injury, and they were able to use that to get him some, some, some uh, pitches. And that was really the only benefit of that game for North Carolina. And so you're going to have those situations where there's certain types of game. And then, of course, you've got the – with the way they have the pods now, whoever is the top seed has a built-in significant advantage, right? If, if all three teams in a pod go one and one, well, the tiebreaker is whoever had the highest seed. Um, and so there is some silliness there. But I, I do think it gets down to the point of, okay, we don't want these teams coming just having to play one game. We want them to have multiple games to try to get their guys some work. But we won't don't want to play so many games that it taxes their entire pitching staff. And they may get to a point where they've got to throw a guy twice because you don't want to have that happen, at least you know, as a starter. Uh, and so this is one of the ways that they came up. Uh, and uh, as I said earlier, this is this is a relatively new setup. They previously, 
you know, they had bigger pods and you didn't have the semifinal round. Uh, so there's a lot that goes into it. I don't know that there is a, a perfect fix. Um, I know the, the coaches aren't exactly happy with the format necessarily, but I think it's right now it's the best that they can come up with. I'm sure they're, they're open to suggestions. Uh, but, but, I have plenty. <laughs> well, uh, <send> your <laughs> but, we, but we sit and we talk about that every year at the ACC tournament. The media does. And you, you think you come up with some good ones. And then somebody's like, well, what about this? What about that? And you're like, well, okay, maybe not. Um, so I, I do think it's a challenge to figure out the best method to, to take this, uh, take this tournament and make it a, a fun, fair event that doesn't have these games that just don't mean anything. Yeah, indeed. And, and so let's turn to the NCAA regional. Carolina, of course, was on that bubble, probably off the bubble of hosting in the first round or in the regionals prior to winning the ACC tournament. But then they draw uh, the number one seed they host, and they have Tennessee, Liberty, and then UNCW. And I'll be honest, I did not want to see them have to play UNCW in the regionals, and now they have to play them the first game. Greg, your just overall take on this this setup, of course, the winner from this goes and plays the winner of Georgia Tech's regional, which is interesting. Um, you know, so much for not pairing like teams together, I guess, when there's so many involved in the tournament, you have very few choices. But overall, how do you think Carolina fared in this draw? Well, let me say this real quick. There are five potential intra-conference matchups in Super Regionals. Uh, most of them are obviously the SEC, but I think there's one Pac-12 and then North Carolina, Georgia Tech. Uh, I agree that's silly. I think that's that's poor setup. But uh, Ray Tanner said it's all about seeding. It has nothing to do with uh, the matchups. But I think we all know that's uh, blowing a little bit of smoke. But I do think this is a, a good regional. Um, and you know, North Carolina so many times in the past, because they've been typically a national seed under Mike Fox, you get some of the weaker twos and – you're not going to get the best threes necessarily. Uh, but I think because North Carolina was the 14 overall seed, uh, that pulls them a lot closer to to some of the better teams. And I think UNCW is a good team. I mean, you talked about earlier, but uh, kind of the, the key component for a lot of these programs is you, you've only got to have one really good pitcher. Uh, and, and Luke Cassell is a, a good pitcher for UNCW. And I think you know, that's going to be the guy that probably goes for them Friday. And so that's going to be a test for North Carolina. I mean, he's 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 a three one six ERA. Um, he's pitched a lot of big games. He's their kind of go to guy. Uh, and so you know, North Carolina's going to have to hit the ball effectively against them on Friday to be able to win that game. But then, of course, you you talk about you know, Liberty is a team that North Carolina lost to earlier this year, uh, midweek game. But still, I mean, that kind of speaks to what Liberty brings. And then Tennessee's, yeah, it's not quite like football. Um, in that the SEC, without a doubt, is the best baseball conference in, in the country. But you've got so many of these teams, like a Tennessee or Auburn, it looked pretty clear it's going to be either one of those two teams that come, that came to you know, Chapel Hill. Uh, but the Volunteers are you know, 14 in the RPI. Uh, they've got 15 wins against Q1 teams, which is quite impressive. But yet they're 14 and 6 in the SEC. So you like football where SEC teams kind of build up their strength of schedule. They build up their resume by playing good teams in the league and, and losing a lot of them. Um, 
how does that carry over? Does that mean they're a really good football team or does that mean that maybe they're not and they, they get the benefit because they play other good teams? Uh, and so that's, that's the interesting thing with the teams like Tennessee and, and Auburn. But we do know they've played a lot of good teams this year. Um, Tennessee's had, had some success. I mean, they, they were able to win series you know, late in the year against Ole Miss, who's, who's uh, hosting this weekend. Uh, Florida got in. Uh, they won a series down in Gainesville against them. And so I, I think that's a, a tough matchup if North Carolina can get there. Uh, but you got to take care of business on, on Friday. And I know a lot of people like to have the conversation, ah, well, who, who's going to start? Do you hold your number one guy for Saturday night? I, I don't think with a team like UNCW, you can really even entertain that thought. I think you know, Tyler Baum's got to be the guy Friday to get you that win. Um, and then you, you you hope Austin Bergner, who's had a couple of rough starts in a row, uh, can kind of get things together. Or if you know, you want to go with Will Sandy as maybe your number two now, or even Austin Love to mix things up, uh, maybe you could you could throw those guys on on Saturday you know, against a, a Tennessee team that that can hit the ball pretty well. You mentioned Carolina doing that. I, I believe Fox has saved guys before, and it's kind of come back to bite them, but. You know, Tyler Baum, clearly Carolina's one, but not Carolina's one that they've had in the past, Greg. And that's one thing that's, you know, a lot of guys stepped up this past weekend and and threw well, but Carolina's not had a really stellar, consistent one all year. I mean, Baum's seven and three, but he's 3.76 ERA. Your thoughts overall on the pitching staff as a whole, going into this tournament because like you mentioned and especially if you lose one of the first two games you yeah, have to play, you, you got a lot of baseball to win that's right that's right and i think you know when you look at this team i mean if, if they've got luca delatry and luca delatry is healthy well then now you're talking about tyler Baum being your number two and then you've got you know sandy or bergner or you know even potentially love that can work in at the three all of a sudden we're talking about a very good pitching staff but when you when you take the ace out of the equation, uh, now your two becomes your one, your three becomes your two. Uh, you lose a, a key body, um, and as we saw in the ACC tournament, and we saw it against NC State. You know, when, when Bergner's struggling a little bit, um, and he's got to come out, and you've got to put some of your key relievers in to spell him. You're right; that taxes you, and so I, that's one of the key uh, ingredients this weekend is. Your winning cures everything, but even if even if you have to go to a reliever early, earlier than you would like, as long as you keep winning, you you can manage that. The problem is, is that when you have to pull a starter early, and you still lose, because not only have you taxed those bodies, you've added an extra game that you have to win. Um, and so there wasn't a lot of a lot of pitchers that that threw this weekend. Um, and so I think that's kind of a key concern. I mean, you know, Hanson Butler's going to get a lot of work. Uh, Joey Lancelotti is just kind of a tank. He's the guy that, that's really come in and uh, you know, consistently throws a ton. Uh, Caden O'Brien's kind of in the same same uh, frame there. But then after that, you're kind of like, okay, well, who do you go to? Um, and North Carolina was able to get some good innings from a variety of guys on, on Sunday. Um, but yeah, this is, this is not the deep North Carolina pitching staff that we've seen. Part of that is because of Delatry's injury. Um, but you know, for the most part of this year, uh, you know, pitching has not been as good as we've seen.
for North Carolina teams under Mike Fox of late, and the fielding hadn't been. And they really had to rely on, on their bats. So it is kind of a unique year and a little bit different than how Mike Fox would like to win. And I, I say this, it was very interesting. After winning uh, the ACC championship, you know, Fox was asked about how well his bullpen pitched in Durham. The first thing he says, your pitching is the key to everything. It's the key to winning. He knows that better than anybody because of all the great teams he's had. Uh, and I, I can assure you he, he's hoping that that, that – String of pitching that 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 method of pitching that his guys were able to to show in Durham carries over. Let me take a, a quick break. Come back and wrap this one up. I want to ask you about Carolina's offense and a couple of players in particular. We'll be right back after this break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Greg, everybody talks about Michael Bush and Aaron Sabato, but just, you know, I'm not sure that another college team has two guys that important for North Carolina, especially on the offensive end. Yeah, and the fact that you've got two guys that, that can be so effective. Um, I mean, when you're talking about guys that, you know, have 14 home runs each, uh, they, they've just been dominant with what they can do. Where Carolina's really struggled, though, is like when Bush was struggling a little bit at the, late in the year, you didn't have a whole lot helping out. Um, you know, Ashton McGee, I struggled a bit. Ike Freeman uh, really struggled. But, you know, McGee had a big Sunday. So you say, okay, well, maybe that maybe that gives him some confidence moving forward. Uh, Ike Freeman had a great weekend. And so you say, okay, well, maybe that breaks him out. Uh, Dallas Tester is a kid who comes in, has some big hits. Uh, and so now you're saying, all right, well, if you get Bush and Sabato hitting like they've been hitting, and you add Freeman back to the mix, and maybe McGee's got his confidence back because he played some great defense on Sunday as well, and you've got some other guys who are opportunistic, that's all you need. Just to stream together a few hits, try to get the a lineup back around to your two and three spots where Bush and Sabato are. Now you're dealing. And you got a guy like you know, B-Mart who has some good at-bats, and he can, he can hit the ball a long way with that big three-run homer we saw this weekend, he's got some power. Uh, and so that's going to be key. And I really think in, in regional play, because of the pitching situation like we talked about, there's going to be the likelihood of you know, a starter getting knocked out early. Um, and so you can't always count on your relievers to come in and shut down the other team. You're going to give up some runs. And so you've got to be able to hit consistently. You know, as we talked about off the air, Tommy, you know, Sabato really carried North Carolina to victory in that first game against NC State in the final regular season series. Uh, 
he wasn't able to do that on Saturday and Sunday because North Carolina couldn't hit at all. And so you don't want to have one of those get in a funk games where not only you're not hitting, pitching's not going well, and you're having some errors in the field. That's when games can get away from you. So this is not the dominant North Carolina team that we've seen in the past. But if if everything kind of works together like it did in Durham, they can go a long way. They can make it back to Omaha. Uh, But they are going to have to play a lot better consistently for a longer stretch of games that we've seen for a lot this season. Yep, and playing at home certainly helps Tar Heels 33-6 and on the year in the Bosch. Carolina Friday, 2 p.m., May 31st against UNCW. It's going to be hot. Liberty and Tennessee have the 7 p.m. game, and then whether you win or lose determines when you play next. Carolina Regionals, Bosch Hummer Stadium this weekend. Thanks, Greg. It's been a pleasure. Johnny T-shirt, thank you for sponsoring us. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by T-shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.